I'm gonna put a buzz Damn, Chris, on the internet one day A Chris said, you know, let's make a podcast, boy Come on now, what do you say? Well, what will this podcast be about? Sit down with a tear in his eye We got stories that people tell each other From Louisiana Fire to the city of Mumbai Oh, you mean urban legends And the podcast was Irving Legends With Bill and Chris You take care, y'all Lord and welcome to this week's episode of Urban Legends, the podcast about urban legends and urban legend adjacent paraphernalia. I am window salesman Chris Flynn, and with me, we're very lucky, it's ex-mouseketeer, Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How are you doing this week? <laughs> yeah, hey. good, man. Good. Good man. How was um, how was it being on being a mouseketeer? Was that the same time as uh, Justin and Brittany and Christina? Yeah, if you like, um, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> Justin uh, Timberlake, Britney Spears, and Christina Aguilera are all mouseketeers at the same time, and you're about the same age as them. Yes, definitely, I am. Yeah, well, it'd be roughly roughly the same age. Yeah, I kind of like um, I mean. What? I'll tell you what, you know, it could be a bit of a tough racket if you're not one of the top masketeers. Yeah, well, you kind of, you're a bit of a bit pop, like you sort of came in as the bully, didn't you? The, like yeah. in the kind of ones where they were teaching lessons and how to be nice to people. Yeah, and I'll just sort of come in and say something stupid, whatever. Was it because and one of learn, the... Pro- learn the lesson. Was it because one of the producers saw you beating up some kids on a street corner and went, hey, kid, have I got a role for you? Like that, it was, where you it was sort bullying of one of his kids, actually. Yeah. I mean, well, oh, you, got, you got Moxie, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said pushing his child out of the way. and uh, <laughs> Taking his dinner money. Yeah. And was this, when you were living, was this when you were living in Santa Barbara as a kid? Yes. Yeah, as you know, that's why I've got quite a strong American accent. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, your 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 British accent, which you do for this podcast, uh, is is um, it's okay. It's not great. Yeah. It's not brilliant. It's, it it refers towards Mockney a bit, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's a little bit Mockney. Yeah, it's a bit sort of flat it's, south. It's a bit, kind of, it's bit a London, bit, but yeah, bit bit Dick Van Dyke, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's um, where I did most of my vocal training, just watching Mary Poppins. <laughs> so um, presumably, you got a, a fully rounded. Uh, performance training, so singing, dancing, acrobatics, circus skills. Yep, uh, fire swallowing. All the Disney arts. Disney arts. Mickey's, well, a, Mickey's a tough taskmaster, I'll tell you what. Because <laughs> you are actually taught by a guy in a Mickey Mouse costume. He never really? breaks character. Yeah, it's quite... Is it just a Mickey Mouse mask and nothing else? Or is it like the full costume? Oh, support, no, it's a full costume. Yeah. Oh, it's the full costume. And is this on some kind of um, compound? Yes. You, you, you go to a um, <laughs> you go to a large compound in, in Texas and then you have to, yeah, there's, I can't I can't actually disclose the various different ceremonies and, and rites and <laughs> is, things is, you have to drink, but... <laughs> do you have to sacrifice... The and compounds. Do you have to sacrifice one of the mouseketeers in front of a wooden statue of a giant mouse in the woods? If that were the case, and I wouldn't be free to talk about it, so you can free to speculate all you want. <laughs> is it true that um, as part of this, you uh, you divorced your parents and were legally an adult at the age of seven? Uh, six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, you moved. Yeah. And I felt I was the you know uh, the, uh, my legal counsel agreed. I was definitely the, the, 
the best arbiter of my own my own money at that point. This was, of course, uh, at the point which you um, started falling into the party scene, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a lot of hanging around with... Um, Bobby Culkin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, McCulkin and uh, what's his face, the other one, Corey Feldman, etc. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you, could, you, man, you managed to get to get over the, the drugs for now, you know, obviously. Um, not really, I've got crippling heroin addiction. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm I mean, more track mark than man. <laughs> but it's not as bad as it was. You're not doing speedballs anymore. Not currently. No, I mean, like this minute. Yeah. Which actually, you know, which is a nice break for our normal recording sessions. Oh, well, well you know. Um, Sarah so guys. Are you thinking of having some sort of comeback? Like like they all do. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, everyone else gets one, don't they? So you think you know, they've got to get round to me in the end. I've heard that they were um, tapping you up to join the reunion tour of the Backstreet Boys because, um, of course, one of them uh, has disappeared. So they were going to get you in as kind of a familiar face. Hey, why not? Hey, why not? I think I've earned, I've earned it. Cool. Um, will you keep us? Will you keep us abreast of the situation? Put you know tour dates, tickets. I absolutely will. We won't just forget that we've had this conversation immediately after we've had it. <laughs> yeah, yes. another character I know nothing, nothing about. Okay, well, um, you know, thanks for being so open. Um, well, no, that's know. fine. Well, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to kind of, kind of ask you, Chris. Can I, mm. So, you, you're doing your window sales. I mean, double glazed. Yeah, I was oh double glazed. So top top class. Keep the heat in. Yeah. Yeah, that's I've quite got, important in this day and age, isn't it? You know, with the energy bills all going up, energy bills all going up, it being an almost constant heat wave. You want to keep that heat in, and yeah. hopefully, it will last until next spring. So, you know, then you don't have to put your heat in them if you can just keep it all in. Um, and I've got uh, the windows are made with um, very high high quality polyurethane, which I uh, get oh, from Turkmenistan. Classy looking, nice. Yeah, Vene- Venetian glass. Does that release any toxic fumes in this heat that we know of? Well, not that we know of. No, I mean, it, all I can say is it's got its safety certificate from Turkmenistan, so you would imagine probably not. I mean, by no, you know, all of the reports and customer complaints, would they not sort of like tip you off that that might be? <laughs> you know what, I'll sell one. <laughs> I haven't managed to sell one yet. Uh-huh. Um, people aren't really in the mood for buying windows that keep heat in during a heat wave, so... That was a bit of, but you know, I've got a lock up full of them, so I'll keep pressing on. Okay, press on. What's your technique? Just, you know, come around for a cup of tea and then stay for about five hours? Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically stay till it's so uncomfortable that they will buy anything to get me to leave. Because yeah. as you know, I'm a hefty man. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, the police aren't going to come. So. Because I've cut because I've cut the phone wires and um, obviously I've got a mobile phone blocker on. Oh no, it's I mean, fine. I can stay for dinner. <laughs> of course. Oh, I'd love to stay over. Thank you. Don't mind if I nail the door shut, do you? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's a hard it's a hard sell technique, but these day and age, this day and age, you've got to, haven't you? You know, the yeah. soft soft sells dead. Um, the band and the sales technique. So. You've got to do, got to go for the hard sell because people, you know, because of all the costs going up, don't have that much money. So you've really got to, if you want to be the one to get that last bit of money, you've got to go in hard, two footed. Yeah. Otherwise, they might spend it on something like meals for their kids or eating their house. Don't need that. I mean, I mean, you know, 
who knows if the kids will be around much longer, what with the, um, frankly, ridiculous amount of toxins that these windows let off. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, you're saving money, hand over fist. And it's good for the environment because the toxins released are easily counterbalanced by the fact that you've got a nice insulated house and the fact that anyone younger than seven can't survive in a house with these windows in and um, having children is the thing which gives you the biggest carbon footprint. So, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Always a silver lining. Always a silver lining. Situation. So, if anyone's interested, email us at the normal address, and um, I'll uh, I'll backtrace the email address. I'll use your IP, go on the dark web, find out where you live, and I'll be round in a second. Me or one of my associates. So, I believe what you've done there, Chris, is you've classic sales technique. You've turned a negative. Oh, yes, you've got oh, to. my child's died. Yeah, but what about the impact on the environment? Exactly. And, and your, oh, I'll, I'll and, have them. I'll have them put in the and, rear as well, please. And your wallet. Yeah. Nice. Right, Lovely. so, moving so, swiftly on. What are we going to be talking about this week, Neil? I believe that you are riding this merry sleigh all the way to the laplands of your legends. Yep, bells ringing all the while, telling yeah. us all about... America's Greatest Ghost Story. Ooh, that's a fucking bold claim. It seems like that's the claim that's made every fucking of every ghost story. With you. I, mean, yeah. I think all of America's ghost stories are the greatest ghost stories. Well, but it's well, an exceptional country, so, you know. The one well, the one thing which we can say about our um, our cousins across the pond is they are not keen on hyperbole. This is indeed true. Um, but, you know, let, let the... Uh, let the listener be the judge. Oh, um, yeah. We just put these out there. So, and, you know, I'll be honest. So I'll be, be, be uh, largely my uh, my source today will be from www.bellwitch.org. Right. So that, you know, they might be slightly there? biased. Is there a clue? A clue to what? A clue to the... Um... To what it's going to be. Yes. Oh, sorry. So oh, there is a clue because <laughs> I, I haven't introduced it yet, have I? It's the story of the Bell Witch. But I thought they said ghost story. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, is it a ghost witch? It may well be. Which is uh, what we'll all be eating this winter. Yeah. <laughs> nice, delicious round of ghost witches. Hmm. Mm. Okay, so imagine you're full. The legend of the Bell Witch centres on the John Bell family of Red River, Tennessee. Now Adams and the spiritual haunting they endured between 1817 and 1821. So that went on for four years there, Chris. Yeah. Well, you, many... don't, you, don't, you don't know what month in each it was, so it might not have. No. You know, you're, you're, you're less worried about these things in those days. <laughs> they didn't have months back then, did they? It, it, yeah, no. <laughs> they, don't, they don't go back to, you know, the Roman calendar or anything. It's, yeah, what is it? It's, yeah. it's growing hot. Dying or cold, those are the four things. Yeah, the moon hath waxed and waned three times or six times. What matter it to you? Um, not like oh, the moon important for farming or anything. We had, um, we had a super moon last night, didn't we, in the UK, and I think most of the northern hemisphere. But um, I saw Rick, so I was out cycling. Okay. Um, unrelated. And um, presumably because we've got terrible fires and droughts in Europe at the moment. Um, it was red. It was oh, massive so and red. Blood supermoon. Blood supermoon, yeah. 
So we won't be Good hearing for a prog band if it hasn't been taken. We won't be hearing from Chongo again because obviously I had to sacrifice him instantly. Oh, Chongo, sure. who's my friend who I was cycling with, just to fill in the blanks. There's <laughs> <laughs> two people who got that joke. Um, nah, probably not that. I mean, you and me. Um, I didn't really get it. Yeah, no, I wasn't sure what you. I was confused. So unlike many films and ghost stories, this early 1800s Tennessee haunting involved real people and places. Mm. No one has yet to solve it or even come close. Have many tried? (laughs) These distinctions... Well, actually, there has has been one one theory from a... um, Oh, the fucking Warrens been at this. The Warrens haven't had a go, and unbelievably, they haven't had a a go. Well, they tend to do stuff that's happened where they can go and where it's kind of they can sort of see that. They can speak to people and that paranormal investigations of of, of, you know current things. Then they're less historians; they're more you know they're they're problem solvers. Yeah, and do it by gut. Yeah, exactly. No, they they sort people out. You know, they're like kind of like the ambulance service of paranormal investigations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, getting the, getting the job done in real time. The singe and ambulance. Yeah. Yeah, but they, um, we'll come on to it later, but there is one lady who's come on to, um, who's, who has some theories um, around one of the deaths. Um, so these distinctions... That's, of, that's actually um, what I'm looking... Because, you know, I'm on the market at the moment now. Yeah. That's actually kind of the number one trait which I'm looking for in a partner. Like if they've got kind of on their profile interests and they've got, I have some theories, then they're top of the pile for me. Yeah, that's, that's a good sign, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to hear a few theories. Right, so these are things that have led Dr. Nandorf Fedorm, a noted lawyer turned parapsychologist. Yes. Not sure which of those two professions I'm more uh, enamoured with. Scared of. To call, to call the legend America's greatest ghost story. Well, there you go. That quote uh-huh. is taken from Dr. Nandor Fedor. F-O-D-R-O-R Fedor. Um, fast forward 200 years and the Bear Witch legend is still making waves. All right, it was America's greatest ghost story 200 years ago, but yeah. It's still making waves now. Yeah. The ripples. The Numerous ripples Bear Witch books, several Bear Witch movies and documentaries, and there's always several more in the works. Mm-hmm. Including our stage uh, musical. Yep. Regardless of whether the case's origin was spiritual or human, it remains an epic classic American haunting and a whodunit mystery like no other. I think they might be overselling it slightly, to be honest with you. But <laughs> anyway. well, it is the one thing that this website is, so... Yes. Hey, you know, and they do have a little sort Wouldn't of... mind him on my sales team, Neil. Yeah, he's got... got, got Mark this person shifts some windows. They've got a little... Uh, Deadly windows, which are actually, because um, they're from Turkmenistan, they don't actually fit standard British uh, windows. Well, so it may be that... You have um, to, you have to, you've got like a, a two-inch gap all the way around that you have to fill in with, um, with like foam. With ar- arsenic foam. And, yeah, or well, yeah. asbestos. Asbestos, yeah. Well, <laughs> asbestos bricks. Yeah. Why not? And no one else yeah. is using it for anything, are they? Exactly. Get it cheap, yeah. sell it high. That's the way. Okay, so the Bell family prior to the haunting. In the early 1800s, John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to the Red River Bottomland in Robertson County, Tennessee. 
settling in the Red River community, which later became the present-day Adams, Tennessee. Mm. Purchased some land, yada, 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 acquired more land, owned 328 wow. acres, so they're pretty wealthy. It's a people. lot. Yeah. Well, it depends on the land. And he became an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. Um, John and his wife, Lucy Bell, had three more children after moving to Tennessee. They had a very happy and successful early life at the Red River Settlement. Yeah, drinking all that bourbon. But, or bourbon and babbles. That's what they were into. Hey, well, fair enough. Bourbon, barbecue and babbles. If God didn't want us to drink bourbon, he wouldn't have made it tasty. Exactly. Didn't want us to have barbecues, he wouldn't have made yeah. it also tasty. Boy Crowder would say. Um, but strange currencies then start commencing in 1817. Mm. So he was inspecting his own cornfield when he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in the middle of a corn row. Shocked by the disappearance of this animal, which had the body of a dog and the head <laughs> of a rabbit. Mm, sounds quite nice. Yeah. He shot several times. The animal vanished. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a dog with long ears. Well, so you say. <laughs> it, was an Al- it was an Alsatian or something. <laughs> this is the first documented manifestation of the entity. Bell thought nothing more of the incident. Yeah, it's just a rabbit's head on a dog. Don't worry about it. At least, at least not until after dinner. That evening, the family began hearing beating sounds on the outside walls of their log home. Well, I wouldn't really say he thought nothing more of the incident then, if he started, you know, anyway, whatever. Went home, he didn't think about it during dinner. Yeah. He can only think about one thing at a time. Well, he's well, the, um, on, isn't he? Is it Staffies that kind of like, look, look, they've got a face like a bullet? You know, they've got quite a Staffordshire Terriers. Yeah, I get, I mean. I mean, that, that, you... could, that could be kind of rabbit-like. This guy's like a farmer, though. I imagine he would be able to tell the difference between a... Um... Well, he's a corn farmer. Yeah. Corn doth not dog equal snow, I believe the the saying goes. Yeah, that was Darwin, I believe he said that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, anyway, do you know what? It's all going to ramp up soon anyway. So, I mean, they've got a photo as well and then said, the entity allegedly turned a man into a mule and there's no text to explain that comment whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, and it's just a picture of like a mule with a man's head face. Spirits. <laughs> I don't, don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Well, so that was banging outside, and then he turned a man into a mule. Well, no, it's just there's just a there's an image of just like a. So there's just an aside. Yeah, and it's just an aside. aside like, oh yeah, you know, we, it's not worth getting into in the text here. But <laughs> FYI, apparently turned a bloke into a mule. Which bloke? Don't don't worry about it. Don't, seriously, don't worry about it. Uh, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, he's he's still there now, but don't yeah. don't bother going to see him. So the mysterious sounds continued with increased frequency and force each right. night. Bell and his sons often hurried outside to catch the culprit, but always returned empty-handed. They think it's you know some pranks here. Then I guess yeah. you know it's obviously somebody who's like stowed a rabbit's head onto a. Well, dog. we used to do that round the round the council estate, knock down ginger. Where you'd um, was the name of the game? Don't know why. Just like knock on um, the door and run away. Yeah, go and knock on people's door and run away. Yeah, just be an irritating little fuck. Yeah, why not? So well, we... it was quite, it was it was quite it was actually probably quite deadly doing it where we did because it's quite a rough council estate. So I think if you did get caught, because I didn't play it that much because I was scared. Yeah. Right? Um, but if you got caught, like the person who came out could quite possibly be drunk and just hit you. 
So <laughs> like, there was a, there was some real jeopardy in doing it around the council a estate. A, a bit of a thrill ride then. Actually. Yeah. Why keep your bike near? Well, I imagine you know John Bell would have been swift to distribute some justice as well. So firing in the air. Exactly. In the weeks that followed, the Bell children began waking up frightened, complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. Not long after that, the children began complaining of having had their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. So it sounds a bit like the uh, Enfield poltergeist, doesn't it? Yeah. They did, of course, John Soul post. Well, they didn't have David no David Soul didn't exist, did he? He hadn't been, he hadn't been um, manifested by Asda Crowley at that point. <laughs> yeah. And, so, just, and just in case you think you're not getting the joke, listener, it didn't make any sense when we first made it. So don't really <laughs> don't worry about it. You can listen back to our Enfield Poltergeist uh, podcast to, uh, I'd say, understand that, Jake, but it didn't really make any sense, but that's fine. Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks in these episodes, and we know that people only listen to one or maybe two episodes, so, like, a lot of it will fall on deaf ears. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think it'd be like, you know, you just got to enjoy the mystery, haven't you? It's a bit like, you well, know, we have lost or something, feel... and they, they explain it, and they're just like, that was a bit crap. It makes it feel like it's more more in-depth than it is. Yeah. Like, there's a, like, there's a law behind the stuff that we say. <laughs> We, you know, we're crazy. Well, there is. It works for us. Like, we'll laugh about it because we were involved in both, but exactly. most people. We both have to amuse ourselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, step three Bell Witch develops a voice and starts becoming violent. Uh oh. Escalating. So, what happens when you give women voice? <laughs> um, as time went on, the Bells began hearing faint, whispering voices. Too weak to understand, but sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns. The encounters escalated, and the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy Bell, began experiencing brutal encounters with the invisible entity. Always the girl, isn't it? Uh, you know. It would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. It's pretty brutal. What is a welt? Um, it's like when you... Red mark? Yeah, it's like a red mark that's sort of raised from the skin, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, rather than a bruise. Um, so disturbances about which John Bell had vowed his family to secret finally escalated to the point that he shared his family trouble with his closest friend and neighbour, James Johnson. Why didn't he tell the Baptist church? Well, he wouldn't want to, you know. Devil getting Why? involved. That's the whole point. embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, but they're like your insurance policy, aren't they? Like, that's the whole reason you go, so that you don't have to put up with... This kind of nonsense. Didn't. Go slapping your kids about. Yeah. That's the whole point. You're trying to get in God's good graces, isn't it? Well, you might, you might, might be. Well, we, we don't know what he's up to, do we? You might, might have a guilty mm. conscience. Mm. What God? Well, yeah, possibly. Well, probably. Yeah. So, skeptical at first, Johnson and his wife spent the night at the Bell home. Things began peacefully. But once they retired for the evening, they were subject to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing. After their bed covers were yanked off and James was slapped, he sprang out of bed exclaiming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity didn't respond, but the rest of the night was peaceful. And the next morning he explained to the Bells that the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. So there you go. The entity's voice strengthened. I don't remember, I don't remember a lot about poltergeists in the Bible. Yeah, you've got the gathering swine, haven't you? Who? Um, so I can't remember the story now, but basically, you're more of a biblical scholar than me. That's yeah. Fair to say. I think I think there was a village in Gad Gadarene or something like that, or I don't know. Mm. I can't remember. But anyway, so basically, there were um, well, there's, there's there's varying interpretations. So there was, there was like people having fits and things like that, 
And supposedly yeah. Jesus pulled the evil spirit out of this guy having a fit and um, passed oh, it into some swine who then went and run off a cliff or something. Oh. Gathering swine. And then there's various people speculating that the guy might have had epilepsy or something. Yeah. Well, that's why, and that's why we eat fish on Fridays. Yeah. Cool. And why you have an egg harista. <laughs> and an why... egg like a pig running off a cliff would lay. And why both Satan and Jesus were referred to as Morning Star in the Bible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. So it starts becoming louder and louder, this entity. Then it starts singing hymns, quoting scripture. It carried on intelligent conversation. So that's good. Mm. We're just talking about football or whatever. Um, yeah. It once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same <clears throat> time on the same day. 13 miles apart. How'd you explain that, Chris? Two separate sermons, same day, 13 miles apart. Um, you know, either a very fast ghost witch or can be in two places at once. Well, it didn't. Like it, said the same, it said the same day. So if you have one and it's 13 miles apart. At the same time, on the same day. Were they the same sermon? Does it say they were separate sermons? Well, I mean, I think that's pretty obvious by context. Well, I don't think that you can... I think anything's obvious well, no. in context so far in this story now. No, let's just, well, let's just assume for now that they've got okay. two different sermons. It makes no sense otherwise. Um, I how, how loud were the preachers? Baptist preachers are quite loud. Maybe they... 13 miles apart, yeah. so at least... You know, if, if we're equidistant, you're at least six miles from each. Yeah, but if they were big sort of John Goodman-style preachers or Brian Blessed, they could probably boom out a few miles, couldn't they? Yeah, um, miles, I guess, I guess, Neil, basically, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, scratching at the base of the barrel because I can't explain it. What's happening here, Chris? Is okay. your, your world's falling apart. And it's falling apart you can't before my eyes. It. And, uh, yeah, and you're just scrabbling for any rationalisation that you can. Yes, the walls, are melt, the walls are melting around there me. Is, there is no life for you here. Nope. This is the end days for me. Yeah. Quite, I mean, quite literally, by the way, things are going. So, were the supernatural phenomena soon spread outside the settlement, even to Nashville, where Ooh. the then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in the so-called Bell Witch? Oh, dear. So here we get a... Uh, Hero. A celebrity cameo, Chris, from our yeah. seventh president of the United States. He wasn't at the time, obviously. Um, he was just a, uh, Absolute just, just a major general. Um, I don't know too much about him, to be honest with you. I know enough about him. But... Yeah, no, fair enough. So, weirdly enough, John Bell Jr., the junior who, um, who owns this house, he fought with General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. Um, oh. anyway, and then in 1819, he heard about the disturbances at their home, decided to pay a visit and investigate. And his entourage consisted of several men, well-groomed horses, and a large wagon approached the Bell property. The wagon jolted to a sudden stop. It became stuck in a muddy creek bed, and the horses were unable to pull it. Or at least that was what the men thought. Mm, Is it ghost hands? Well, we'll see. After several minutes of cursing and trying to coax the horses into pulling the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, By the eternal, boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Then, right. suddenly, a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could proceed. Go on in. <laughs> yeah, all right, you've, you can come for Back it. Fuck off. Your name's Dan, you can come for it. And you'd see them later again that evening. They were then able to proceed across the property up the lane into the Bell home. 
That evening, Jackson told old war stories while his entourage shut up their tents in their garden. God, boring, Oh, God, this guy's going to go. Fucking hell. It's like having a double-glazing salesman around. Hey, watch it, chinky boy. So one of his men claimed to be a witch tamer. (laughs) (laughs) Wicked. He's still getting a bit Pickwick papers. After several uneventful hours, he pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit they came into contact with. He went on to say that the reason nothing had happened to them was because whatever had been haunting the bells was scared of his silver bullet. Mm. He also pointed out that he had a very large penis. <laughs> I might have made that the second part. Up. And a red, a bright red sports car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's compensating for something, isn't he? Um, yeah. But then, brilliantly, immediately, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, <sighs> complaining he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. A strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region from an invisible foot sent him out the front door. So he got kicked up the arse by the ghost witch, basically. Yeah, and stuck with pins. Angry, the entity spoke up and announced there was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and she'd identify him the following evening. So at this point, Jackson's men are terrified and they want to leave the bell farm. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay. You can all go out in your tents because he wants to know who the other fraud is. Mm. They went outside to sleep in their tents. It says while continuously begging Jackson to leave. Well, unless he's out with them, I don't see how they're doing that. But... No, they must have been going, shouting from the tents. Yeah, it could going, be. Come, come on, leave the house. Jackson, come on. Come on, you're going to get hurt. AJ. AJ, come on. Don't be silly, AJ. You're going to get hurt. It's, it's not even scared of silver bullets. Kick me right. It shattered my rectum, AJ. I don't want that happening to you. I can't ride my horse now. So, AJ, um, uh, maybe they were right to do so because what happened next Ooh. is not clear. Oh, he may have never happened, <laughs> but Jackson and his entourage were spotted in nearby Springfield early the next morning going back to Nashville. Some allege mm. that Jackson later proclaimed, I would rather fight the British at New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch. <laughs> I mean, do you think any of that actually happened? 100%. Not yeah. sure. <laughs> Not sure what uh, a source text is for some of this stuff. It's just here saying it. Could, could, yeah, probably happened. Let's just say that. Definitely, definitely happened. That's an absolute yeah. historical fact. That's what we'll set there. Perfect. Now, it's getting a bit more feisty. So, Uh-oh. well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this out of. Um, it's already quite feisty, isn't it? It's already getting quite feisty. I mean, you've already kicked the future president up the arse, which. Well, he didn't do that. No. Oh, no, it wasn't, it was sorry. No, I'm getting, uh, no, it's one of his entourage, to be fair, which he probably got yeah. quite funny. Get a bit of a nice pun. Yeah, I've never liked that silver pistol, guy. He's always been a bit of a cock. Um, yeah. I'm going to be slightly out of order, actually, because um, I think, you know, I'm going I'm to escalate in terms of how bad it gets. So Betsy, okay. Betsy Bell's engagement is disrupted. So over time, Betsy Bell became interested in Joshua Gardner, a young who man wouldn't? who lived nearby. That's a good-looking boy. Yes, you see, you looked him up. He's got a super um, bow tie. Red, lovely red sports car. <laughs> lovely red sports car and a silver pistol. His yeah. dude's pretty good as well. Yeah, it's got sweet. Um, it's got got sweet. It's got a lovely rat tail. There's a nice little quiff going on as well there. Um, quiff and a rat tail. So with yeah. the blessings of their parents. Nice straight, nice straight fringe. Nice straight fringe. Um, is that an earring I spy? That leather <laughs> yeah. jacket. Interesting time. Very much looks um, 
Very much looks like George Michael in the um, Faith video, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's standing by a jukebox. White T-shirt. Well, he's, he's, he's holding an acoustic guitar, actually, so, yeah. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Good, great song. It is a good song, yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much just one chord, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I still can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they got the blessing of the parents decided to marry. Everyone was happy about their engagement. Well, almost mm. everyone. Guess who disapproves, Chris? Jackson. AJ. Yeah. No, he's well. well he's, he's his thoughts on the matter are, are, are sadly not gone gone through to history. But I tell you what, which Kate, their witch, mm. she's not happy. Why not? Well, I don't know, but she became furious <laughs> and repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. I mean, maybe she knew something they didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like they were secretly brother and sister or something. You don't know in those days. Or like George Michael, they were secret. He's secretly gay. Could be, yeah. Could be. You know, he's just not going to be. He's not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. I'm not going to get into why. Not going to get into Bell why. Which but... is aggressive. You know, if you could see through time like me, you'd realise that there's, you know, all this nonsense is, you know. But being his beard is not going to lead to a happy it's life. Not. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to fulfil you, and he's not going to be happy either. No. Um, so Betsy and Joshua's former school teacher, Professor Richard Powell, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and expressed interest in marrying her when she became older. Well, that's not at all sleazy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Quite the most vivacious young lady I've taught my yeah, um, your 12-year-old daughter, she's going to be quite a beauty, isn't she, in the future? Um, stick my name down. <laughs> I'll give you $500 now. I'll have first dibs. That's on delivery. <laughs> For first dibs. Fuck's sake. Uh, um, by some accounts, Powell, who was 11 years Betsy Senior, was a student of the occult ventriloquism, <laughs> a mathematical genius, and well-versed in horticulture and geology. Was this by his account? <laughs> his, uh, I also CV. have a silver pistol. Yes. A and, a br- and a bright red sports car. <laughs> and I'm also a footballist and a plane driver. <laughs> How many friends do you have? Stop, I, have I can beat any man alive. I have a hundred and four friends. <laughs> Oh, and he, he was secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville. Oh, no. Rest the scar, it gets worse. During the time he lived and taught school at Red River. The good thing hey, is... darling, though, I'll just be going off to Red River for a couple of weeks. It's fine. The good thing is that woman in Nashville did actually get quite a good country album out of the deceit. Well, she did, so, yeah. So, you know... It was a big inspiration for Dolly Parton, I believe. Yeah, it's, um, it's a shame, but often pain does bring out some quite good uh, creative endeavours. Yeah, human condition, isn't it, mate? You know, uh, well, uh, you know, at least at least you're, you're mining it for something. Yeah, money. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> the the uh, the balm to all ills. Mm. Lovely, lovely cash. Whoa. Um, yeah, so secretly married to a woman living nearby, but perceived as a happy-go-lucky bachelor. He expressed his unwavering fondness for Betsy Bell. According to early accounts, he politely expressed his disappointment with Betsy's engagement to Joshua and wished her a long and prosperous marriage. Uh, well, I am disappointed, but I wish you a long and prosperous marriage. Wink, wink. 
I mean, again, they don't... I'm just a happy-go-lucky bachelor. <laughs> they don't get into it, but I'm interested by the fact that he's into the occult and ventriloquism. Ventriloquism, ventriloquism excuse yeah. me. Um, almost like, you know, somebody who could be throwing voices around. Yeah, yeah. very much so, like the spiritualists. <laughs> Mary! <laughs> oh, what's that? <laughs> oh, no, look, I've got... Make the witch I'll very angry. <laughs> I'm the witch, don't marry him. Oh, my, um, the Betty couldn't have been me because I'm drinking a glass of water while this is happening. Well, I'm wearing red red. No, it's just, it's just this uh, this uh, witch that just happens to be perched on wow, my head. Just... <laughs> Maybe it's, it's just this bell witch which happens to have inhabited <laughs> this... Um, this gentleman, like this wooden gentleman here with the top hat and the monocle. Hello. <laughs> I'm a Marry me, the prick. Don't marry him. Oh, what was that? I doesn't know anything about what maths was, or the occult. What was that, Woody? <laughs> I said, don't marry him. Apparently, they couldn't go to the river, the fields, or the cave to play without the entity nagging them. The constant mm. pressure was more than Betsy Bell could handle. Not the play cave. <laughs> That's the one place we relaxed. Oh dear! Got all the bones in there. I mean, the river and the fields, fair enough. But you know, can't even can't even have a bit of Not peace and quiet in the cave. Can't even have yeah in the play cave. Uh, anyway, as of Easter Monday, eighteen twenty-one, she broke off the engagement. Oh, I mean, they introduced this perverted teacher. Yeah, the fact that he's into the occult ventriloquism. I don't think that actually goes anywhere. No, it's just letting you know. Okay, it's just that there's a lot of asides that don't really. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, but I think, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to think he's a. Well, let's have a look at there's a link. There's a link to him. So let's have a look. Professor Richard Powell. What does he get up to? Oh, and his full name Professor mm. Richard Raoul Ptolemy Powell. Mm. Like, you know, like one of the Egyptian pharaohs ptolemy oh ptolemy is that you pronounce it sorry yeah yeah professor richard Raoul ptolemy powell yeah oh when he ends up getting married to elizabeth betsy bell in fact some have stated that powell was the brains behind kate although the author feels this is possibly the case he is not fully convinced oh i think we're gonna have to come back to that because it well considering this all started considering he married her after all this had been going on exactly yeah so, you know, it, it, it entirely looks like it must have just been some moody pedo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a shock twist. Right, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I thought, well, I thought Escalate somewhere else, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, hadn't realised this cheeky little character was going to pop out of the woodwork. Um, so. And you do want, like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of moody pedos in history, isn't it? Do you think it's just because they wanted to marry Women before they lost all their teeth and stuff. Like, oh. well, no, no, I don't, I don't know because it's kind of like I remember before they got so sick they couldn't have children at the age of seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed to be a lot more prevalent that men would. I mean, obviously, men still uh, some or well, some men like there's still the thing of men sort of going out with much younger women, but it seems to have been more prevalent in those days. But I guess that I don't I don't know what it is. I, you know, I think it's that thing about wanting to have 
a family or having kids and stuff. And so, yeah. And also, then they've definitely not banged anyone else. Well, I think that's probably what it is, to be honest with you. Depressingly, it's kind of more <laughs> of a, you know, um, yeah. I suspect as well. I mean, I honestly don't know, truth be told, but there's probably something as well in the societal expectations for that time that, like, you probably like the bloke that. Well, well the man would. The man should have some kind of like livelihood. Well, the man would marry. Money. Would be older before he married, yeah, because he would be secure. Yeah, he'd need to sort of like have proven that he you need to crack on and get, get have a job and have a get a house and that before you could marry. Then I could be. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Um. So, the Bear Witch sets her sights on John Bell. So, prior to that, the disturbances... Had, um, oh, well, yeah, the, see, I'm reading this out of order, but then this, this doesn't make sense. So, the disturbances decreased after Betsy and Joshua's engagement ended. So, I, I swapped paragraphs around, but then it reads like I haven't. Anyway, whatever. Um, oh. It's very edifying for the listener. But the entity continued to express disdain for John Bell, relentlessly vowing to kill him. Mm. Um... I mean, that's, again, that's... Who's John Bell again? So John Bell's the guy who owns the house. So he's the dad. Oh, okay. Bess is his right, daughter, fine. and Kate is the yeah. ghost witch. Yeah. By all accounts. Um, so she's been relentlessly going to kill him, and he, he's been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year at this point. And this malady oh. grew worse with time. Sounds like, um, sounds like he's... And getting uh, some of the same toxins as come off those windows I'm selling. Could well be. Similar. Well, I mean, in actual, in actual fact, somebody does uh, speculate this on, uh, on some source. So by the fall of the 1820s, declining health had confined him to the house where the malicious entity can continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk and slapped <laughs> his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures. I mean, this is why you want to build hospitals. Um, you know. I don't know whether or was the spirit trying to slap him out of the seizure. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, not what you just to... it's not it's not what you should do. You should put a pillow under someone's head and put them in the recovery position and leave them to have their seizure. That's but what. Does the ghost do. know much about basic first but aid? I don't, I don't don't think they did. I don't. I, to be honest, I doubt doctors knew that back in those days. They probably just tried to they strap people down if they were having a fit, wouldn't they? So that they ended up injuring themselves. Yeah, well, back when we you know we'd seen from the Greenbrier ghost. And all of that was that was that a ghost was that but yeah the doctor and that was kind of like a bit useless so who knows I think yeah, some would some would know better some might not but um so he's declining health confines him to the house yep she's slapping him and chucking his shoes across the thing cursing and That's chastising funny, old Jack Bell the nickname she'd given him <laughs> yeah I'm not even going to call you John Bell you prick I'm going to call you old Jack Bell. Just losing the thread. Yeah. He breathed his last breath on the morning of December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma a day earlier. Oh, just before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Shame, isn't it? Well, you know. I haven't got anyone anything, so it was actually. Yeah, it's just as well, you know. Something wants to buy him. He's such a fussy kind of like, you know. So immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue. The cat jumped Oi. up in the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. Mm. The entity then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. <laughs> it's a pretty... I mean, that's a, weird, that's a weird way for a cat to die, to jump up, 
flip over in midair, do one eighty, and then land on its back. It's a bit of sort of um, a Looney Tunes kind of thing. I mean, there are elements of this tale that you know defy. Don't ring true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not as a. There's a lot of it. Some of it's bound to be embellished, but I think we can all agree that the the main thread of the story is yeah. true. I mean, look, it's you know they've just. So they found some poison. They they tested it on the cat because you know that cat's annoying you. So might as well. Well, no wonder you've got if you're killing cats like that. No wonder you've got so many rats gnawing at your fucking oh, yeah. bed. They tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace, and it burst into a bright blue flame and shut up the chimney. <coughs> You'll be pleased to know, though, that he uh, his funeral was very well attended. Three preachers, pleased, yeah. two Methodists, and one Baptist eulogised him. As the crowd of mourners began leaving the graveyard... That, was that it? <laughs> it was very well attended, three three priests turned no, up. No, there was people, lots and lots of um, people from all, miles and miles away alongside the three preachers. But How many um, how many uh, religious men do you think are going to come to your funeral, Neil? Because uh, I know... Maybe well, one. What about any of the sons of Colin? Have you have you um, boosted any of them up to to sort of priesthood yet, or is it still just you? Oh, it's, just, it's just me. When I when I go, okay. the whole thing collapses, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Yeah. Fuck it. That promulgated the Can't make any money when you're exactly. dead. So as they're all, you know, like trying to grieve, the Bell Witch entity was laughing and singing a song about a bottle of brandy. I'll have the bottle of brandy. Damn, what are you doing, your eulogy? <clears throat> oi, oi, oi. Oh, of course, yeah, but I'll do with our stuff. Have a little tip, Paul, pour it on his nipples, cause he's dead and I made him so. Oi, oi, oi. It's like a dropkick Murphy yes. song. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. Well, that was really, really bad because you'd be like one of the mourners that you're like, actually, that's quite catchy. Mm. Yeah. That's good, that. I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna write it down. Put it in the time capsule and bury it in Boston. <laughs> One day, some lads will be able to use this. Uh, time is not right yet for this music, but perfect. We still have to. Ha- we still have to wait for the rise and fall of the yes. punks. It must be post this. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't stop until the last mourner had left the graveyard, um, but then became non-existent after, or almost non-existent after John Bell's demise. Almost as if it had filled its pu- okay. filled its purpose. Oh, just to make his yeah. life so, shit. just chuck his shoes around. Just want to ruin the dad's <laughs> life. Make sure that the um, yeah. the daughter doesn't, daughter doesn't, doesn't marry a one true love and uh, you know marry some pervy teacher instead. Well, wasn't her? Didn't her one true love already have a wife? No, no, that was that's that's the guy she's going to marry. Well, let's have let's oh, have a look at Joshua Gardner. So let's have a look at some of them because it's got like you know it. it so the pervy teacher already has a wife. Yeah, so, okay. Oh, so he's all, so he's all yeah, the he shit. Is. He's got a wife, he's into occulting, he likes some young. Yeah. All right. So Joshua Gardner, who's the guy she was originally going to marry, didn't have many direct encounters with Kate the Ghost. He was a fiancé, yada yada. It's poo. Despite having never said anything bad about Gardner, she provided no reason for her aversion to the engagement and say you will not have happiness with him and future generations will see it true. She, so she reluctantly um, broke off. Right. 
Oh, and then she was worried that because she'd voiced a disagreement with her dad and then he died, that the same thing could happen to the, you know, the guy that she'd loved. So. So she married the occult. Yeah, so he married became a successful farmer and became a magistrate. So there you go. And let's have a look. Oh, so he did all right then. So let's have a look what happened to her. So Elizabeth married a former school teacher, this Professor Richard Powell. So, oh, yeah, former school teacher. I thought it was just a former school teacher. I didn't realise it was yeah. Um mm. Yeah, that was that was the thing. He was, like, you know, teaching a maths or whatever, and then it was kind of like, oh, yeah. Um, settling in the nearby community later became known as Cedar Hill. Cedar yeah, Hill. After he moved in. Had eight kids, only four of which date to adulthood. What happened to his previous wife? Well, this is what I'm trying to find out. So, Did he just, like, fuck yeah, off? Yeah, well, I reckon it's all a bit like Jane Eyre, isn't it? He probably had her in the attic and then just will not mention her again. <laughs> Don't worry about that cackling upstairs. It's probably a ghost witch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again. This happens to you a lot, doesn't it? God. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Shut up. He died. Have you any homework? So he died in a, in a civil war battle, apparently. Presumably fighting mm. on the wrong side. At the age of 23. Oh, okay, so... Bloody hell. What? No, what's... Oh, no, sorry. Um, this is one of their kids. Um, oh, only four of the children, one of which died in the Civil War. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, bloody hell. Um, right, let's... Yeah, well, okay, well, Betsy lived until 82, so that's something. Well, let's let's do... Um, let's see what happened to Richard Powell, the school teacher. Oh, that link takes me to a picture of a house. That's useful, I think. So is that the end of the ghostings? That's kind of that like what's it. happened in terms of the ghostings, and now I'm just trying to look up to see what happened to the guy she married. Um, yeah. The hero of the story. Well, yeah, the, the, the antagonist or protagonist, hey, I'm not quite sure. It's complicated, man. It's it's like the Joker. He's yeah, an anti-hero. Uh, what, you can't tell what he's going to do. Um, yeah, surprisingly, without the knowledge of anyone in the Red River settlement at the time, Richard Powell's marriage to Betsy was not his first. His early married Esther Mackenzie Scott of Dickinson County he was 18 years his senior. Um, circ- money, money, money. Circumstances of the union are unknown, but in those days especially, it was very odd for the wife to be older than the husband, especially by almost two decades. Socially, Richard Powell never mentioned his hush-hush marriage, but referenced it in his personal diary. Um, Esther Scott conveniently died in 1821, a few months before John Bell Sr. died. Mmm, the plot thickens. Mm. This is turning into a true crime podcast, Chris. I believe that's what what we call clearing house meal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, there's a tale here, but it's not the one that's... The subtext is not about a ghost ghost witch. (laughs) About some absolute piece of shit he made up there. Mm-hmm. Who wanted to bang one of his young students in the years of who had married who had married an older woman for money? Yeah, by the sounds of it, got rid of her, got rid of the father, got rid of the cat who was who he found out was investigating. Yeah, cats know. They do. Well, cats can see ghosts, so the cat would have been going, there's no fucking ghosts here. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's this cunt. It's this cunt throwing his voice. not very good either. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm astonished any of you being what? taken in by this shit, to be honest with you. This is fucking stupid. What's going on? Well, that's not, like, that, that glass doesn't even have, that's a trick glass. There's no water in it. 
Fucking hell, look, I'll show you. I'll turn it upside down and the water disappears. You can get it from joke shops down a pier. I mean, but what's fascinating <laughs> is that nobody seems to really... Well, I don't know. They do say some people might have thought he was involved, but they don't, they don't, they don't seem to lead with that, which just seemed to be the obvious conclusion that you draw. Um, let's have a look. Then. So well, in years that followed, he became involved in... But you've got a very suspicious mind, now. Yeah, so he... he I mean, I, I mean, I, I would obviously jump to the conclusion that it was a ghost witch, yeah. <laughs> rather than everything, uh, rather than and, and sort of ignore all the things pointing to this bloke. Well, here, here's a uh, here's another great ironic twist. So um, he gave up school mastering. Um, was it was it was it by sort of hushed up yeah. mutual consent? Almost certainly. Gardening leave. <laughs> Yeah, let's just say, you, you know, you got a bad... It was phased out. You, you can't do it anymore. Powell served as sheriff of Robertson County between 1830 and 1833. Elected to the House of Representatives in 1833. And he made a name oh, for himself dear. as a lawmaker of great ability and gained wide popularity throughout the state. Um, was also a justice of the peace. His personal diary alluded to earlier was his ciphering book, a 271-page collection of advanced math problems, genealogical notes, and other information. It sort of seems like a high-functioning psychopath. Yeah, it makes no mention of the Bell Witch disturbances, mainly because he did it all himself. Um, <laughs> however, at the pinnacle of his political career, he suffered a massive stroke. It rendered him unable to fend for himself and his family. They purchased a keelboat to ship goods to New Orleans in hopes of raising money. All goods were lost when a misguided steamboat crashed into the vessel. Oh, I don't feel, I feel sorry for the family. It's yeah, so they, and then they, they became broke. But, 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 yeah, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> a number of his friends, including a certain Joshua Gardner, so I think this was the guy who... Um, I stayed in the house. No, he's, he, he was the guy she originally... The, the, um, yeah, what originally wanted to oh, marry, okay, I think. So- um, submitted right. a petition to um, get financial relief for them, but it was rejected. Hey, he sounds oh. like a mensch. Um, yeah, anyway, and so he, he died in 1848, buried in an unmarked grave near Cedar Hill community. Well, they've had, <clears throat> they had this thing, which they've always had in America, and they had it during the Great Depression as well, where they would, the government would give kind of different areas a certain amount of money for fun, like financial aid to help people who are in real strife because, you know, the dust bowl yeah. crops had failed or um, they'd lost all their money because the markets had crashed. Um, but the people who are often in charge of it have um, had sort of a mindset that people who are asking for charity shouldn't be given charity because it will make them lazy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so... so <laughs> So it's kind of like, well, you know, come back when you've got some money and then maybe we can talk. Kind of well, because, you know, it's like... <laughs> it's, like it's, just, it's like that, like having money is like... like Which has got one thing, thing that people, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It's this kind of thing that people tell themselves, religious people, that if they've inherited money or whatever, it's because they're more... Like, mon- like having money equals moral superiority and being poor is a show like is a show of moral deficiency which is just like an incredible fucking 
mind twist. It's to... a little bit of a reach from what Jesus taught, but you know, hey. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You, you heard about the prosperity. Yeah, but you got to read between the lines. Yeah. The prosperity gospel, which is even more sickening, where it's basically like, yeah. no matter how poor you are, just make sure you send money to us because the more you send, the richer you'll become. The more you'll get. Yeah, I know. Fucking hell. Absolutely. About. Just. Ugh. Fucking pyramid. Like, well, no, it's pyramid. not. It's just literally just con artistry for the poorest people. Yeah. You know, completely like, you've got nothing else to do. Well, it just it's like. You, yeah. I mean, you're, you're better off buying lottery tickets. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some of this, you know. A There's tiny, um, albeit possible, <laughs> chance of return there. Um, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Some there people you go. just don't care about anyone else but themselves. Nope. Um, yeah, no, well, apparently he was never around when Kate put on demonstration, so Kate was the sort of ghost witch, and he neither spoke nor wrote of her. Mm, I don't know. He's my prime suspect, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, it's him. Yeah, and he bumped off his ex-wife and his yeah. father-in-law so he could get the we've farm. De- we've definitely decided on what we think's happened. Oh, well, it's obvious, isn't it? <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to research more to sort of prove the facts, Chris, which oh, is yeah, never going to happen, put, so we're just going to go no, with, to, uh, with that. Well, unless we do a side pod where we actually go into it and do it into a true crime thing as a Yeah, we could do pod. that. With the, we, we could, could do, do that. For one as well, the ones where we, you know, we'll solve it afterwards. I mean, I'll... We'll, yeah. we'll just go. There's a couple, so that the entity bade farewell but returned. So there's there's a couple of extra sightings. Of, what will we call it? Urbane legends through the looking oh, glass. I like it. <laughs> give it. Nice. A, we'll give it some thought for series four. Right. I can already see the cover. It'll be us dressed as pirates, <laughs> and I'll do a sort of jaunty sea shanty, sea shanty as as the um as the intro. But it'll have nothing to do with pirates or sea shanties. Sounds good to me. I like, I like it. it. Non sequiturs. Um, cool. Wasn't there something about sea shanties becoming quite popular a couple of years back? I, I was talking about. Do you reckon you could make money doing sea shanties a few years back? Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe it was just that, or maybe I read something somewhere. Don't because um, like I don't know, like kind of like when you get with people like Mumford and Sons and all that sort of thing, isn't it? and all what's the the other ones called? Beardy Mountain Folk, Coldplay. No, not Coldplay. It's sort of like, it's kind of like, I don't know what you call it, like Neo Folk or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Neo Folk. Acoustic guitars and sort of. Neo like, Folk pop rock. Some of it I quite like. Like, was it Fleet Foxes? They're quite good. I don't yeah. really know any of that yeah, stuff. Got some nice tunes. It's quite, it's like, you know, a lot of singing in harmony and like nice acoustic guitars and stuff. Ugh. I like shouting out yeah, the tunes. good as well. <laughs> you're, you're very much Gigi Allen on that one, aren't you? Um, <laughs> If they're not flinging shit oi, in my face oi, oi. while they're screaming over a power cord, I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> so, so this guy saw that disappeared in 1821 after he got what he wanted. Apparently, he did. He he did return as as predicted. He, Sorry, she, she. Oh, you see, I'm revealing my bias. Come on, fucking. So sis. the entity visited um, John Bell's widow, Lucy Bell. And told her that it was leaving, but returned in seven years in 1821. The entity returned in 1828 as promised. So you know that's good, Ooh. keeping the promises. Nice, yeah. Prompt, punctual. Um, most of the return visit centered on John Bell Jr., with whom the entity discussed the origin of life, civilization, <laughs> Christianity, and the, me- the need for a major spiritual awakening. Of particular right. significance were its predictions of the Civil War and other major events, some of which she missed. Mm. 
So that's nice. It's sort of come back. It's like, well, I didn't like your old man, but I'll come back and have a good chat with you. Uh, you're all right. Come here. Tell a few around. brandies. And just, you. Basically, you've just got a yeah, drunk let's... ghost, haven't you? Just like, just <laughs> massively take against some people for absolutely no reason. And uh, this is my second theory. Then it calms down for a bit, starts banging on about the dawn of yeah. civilization. Or, or... You know, a lot of people will say a lot of people will say it started in Babylonia, but you know, there's been been a lot of uh, recent archaeological finds in uh, in Turkey, which suggests that. Five thousand years before there was a fan civilization. Oh, do you mind if I have another drink? Um, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I think it was aliens. <laughs> and so it bade farewell after three weeks, but promised to visit his most direct descendant in one hundred and seven years. That year would be mm. nineteen thirty-five, and the closest living direct descendant at the time was a Nashville physician, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell a neurologist, and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. Right. Anything? Well, in 1934, Dr. Bell published a book about the Bell Witch, likely to raise awareness of the spirit's impending return. Do you know what? Right, this is a fucking great... This is an intergenerational is, grift. Right? Yeah, you're like, do you know what? Like, I don't... I'm going to I'm gonna grift this up, and then I'm going to say, and I'll be back in 135 years, because then my descendants... They can then make some money off this grift too. Like that's some forward planning grifting. Apparently, this book contains the first ever account of the alleged conferences between the entity and John Bell Jr. in eighteen twenty one, eighteen twenty eight. Excuse me. Drawn from where? So, um, what diaries or something? No, this is so. the The promise of coming back in eighteen twenty eight was only revealed in this chap's book in nineteen thirty four. Lovely. Oh yeah! By the way, they promised they'd come back in 1935, and they, but this is yeah. the first you're hearing of it. Don't you worry about yeah. that. Get your cat. It's fine. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the author's father, Dr. Dr. Joel Thomas Bell, had allegedly taken notes during the conferences, and upon his death, passed them down generation to generation. He published no follow-up to his 1934 book. He died in 1945 and is buried at a cemetery in Tennessee. Right. Did the Bell Witch return in 1935 as promised? Some say she did not return, or if she did, they're not aware of it. But many say that she never left the place to begin with. Okay. So I think it was an attempted grift, but um, yeah, it's, it's a good, a good idea. Mind. I mean, because you know, you know that your family, you probably like, you looked into the history and you're like, well, could let everyone know it was just some like pervy schoolmaster, or we could, you know. It killed people. Or, or maybe I'll try and make a bit of coin out of this myself. One of the witches coming back after 120 years. Yeah. I like that, though. I mean, the idea is like, well, I'll come back in seven years, and then I'll come back 120 years. You know? Yeah, I've got some stuff. I've got stuff going on, you know. Time moves differently in Very different, space. you know. You're not, not like, you know, you've got the mortal cares. Yeah, I mean, you realise that when you're in ghost space, that time's not linear. So, like, for me, it'll be, you know, I've got, to be honest, I just need to go to the toilet, and then I'll pop back, and it'll be 135 years in your human terms. But for me, nothing at all. So, the entity that tormented the family is often blamed for unexplainable manifestations that occur towards the old bell farm today. Faint sounds of people talking and children playing can sometimes be heard in the area. It's not uncommon to see candle lights dance through the dark fields late at night. It's like fireflies. So it's especially difficult. Some pictures taken in the area show mist, orbs of light, and other phenomena, including human-like figures who were not present when the pictures were taken. Could these phenomena be related to the haunting of John Bell's family? 
Probably not. I'll let you decide. You be the judge. Um, da, 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 da. So, the, the cause of the torment remains a mystery. Numerous theories have been put forth, all have been debunked. However, today, most researchers agree that something had to have caused the incidents at Red River in the early 1800s that gave rise to the legends we know today. Yeah, some absolute shit of a bloke. I think we were pretty sure that we, we agree on what, what, uh, what we think caused it. Mm. Um, but listen to our, uh, listen to our spin-off series, uh, the bell, the bell witch, the true behind the curtain of the bell witch by Urbane Legends uh, Through the Looking Glass. Episode two. Oh, no, there's nothing to this. Chris and Neil realised they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, from Fettis' otherwise. I mean, that's one thing they do say, that he wasn't actually around when these manifestations occurred. But the fact that he's a big triloquist, yeah, that's really dodge. <laughs> and, you know, as they always say, follow the money. I mean, who's who's gaining from this shit? Mm. One mm. guy is. I see that. Yeah, anyway... The, there well, you go, not... Chris. So that's that's the legend of the bell. Which that's I mean, it's, there's been. I'm just gonna have a quick look on Wiki to see about like you know, um, like you know how it's influenced other well, bits and pieces. In. I mean, there was a there was a book written as well. I haven't talked about this guy, but it was apparently a um, oh, because he took over the family farm. So a chap called Martin Van Van Buren Ingram. So Martin Van Buren, mm. I think, was kind of like an American president, maybe one of the early ones. But Martin Van Buren Ingram was a Really? Yeah, a Dutchman. Indeed. Yeah, or he was—he was—he um, was a Dutch descent. Um, yeah, he didn't go down. I think he got—he um, got—he got sort of. Uh, I can't remember. It, was, it might have been Jackson because he—he was—he um, got taken over by someone called the Log Cabin. He basically he was—he 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 only really was a one-termer because everyone thought he was a bit snooty, or they kind of like the, the political campaign that came after with the guy. I can't remember who replaced him, but um, he sort of portrayed him as being a bit sort of always like a rich Martin guy. Van Buren. Oh, he was preceded he by was. Andrew Jackson, yeah. Who? No, oh, he, yeah, Andrew Jackson so, was I, before him. I mean, he's and before, then, oh, he's before him. Sorry, sir. William Harrison was after. That's him. right, and he called himself like the um, the log cabin president or some nonsense. He, like he, he came up with some mythical story about how he'd been like um you know growing up in the in the woods who van buren did no 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 but um this guy that was that was how he sort of ran his election I mean, yeah he's oh, like oh you don't want van buren he's a posh twat um you know and he's a posh, well you know, he died he harrison died 31 days after his inauguration <laughs> shortest president in history yeah well there you go there you go that's cabin life well don't you ever actually Oh look, that's, we'll say, we'll tell you what we'll save that one for the for the, the sub podcast or whatever it is we're going to do. Um, we could do a yeah. quick uh, thing into the. I mean, just yeah. So, just looking at some of the kind of like, um, you know, so yeah, it was turned into a book. I'm just trying to look when this book was written by. Oh yeah, so in 1890, um, Van Buren Ingram wrote this. Um, wrote the book. Um, I'm not quite sure how that all plays in. So I don't know how much of it comes from his. His accounts there, um, and I think he, he sort of got it from the, the family and stuff. But anyway, whatevs. Um, but let's have a look at the. Uh... So in terms of like culture, then yeah. So there's been films made about this, um, and it's supposedly inspired like things like the Blair Witch Project and Poltergeist and the mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity. You know, so anything kind of... ghosts. 
The Witch, which I a movie I really like that's from a few years back, Amterville Horror, all of those kind of things. It's good. There's little bits and pieces there because I don't think we got into it actually, but there was in one of the other stories. There's some business about um, you know, um, Actor yeah, person. or being involved near to an Indian burial ground or or Native American burial ground. Well, that just sounds like that's been tapped yeah. On. Again, it's one of those. Well, it's a bit like with the um, as we discovered when we looked into the Amterville Horror. Um, it's just one of those those things, and um, yeah, so it's been on a load of television. It doesn't seem to have been in Supernatural, which is unfortunate. You think they would have done something, mm. um, but it has been in a a story of America's monsters entitled Forest Monsters, Mothman and the Bell Witch. That's a good team up for you, um, and been a load of um, music and theatre as well. So a Danish metal band released a song called The Bell Witch. A doom metal band called Bell Witch. Oh, we all remember that. Yeah. Um, Merle Kilgore recorded a song called The Bell Witch in 64. A bunch of other musical acts, have, and there's been a load of theatre stuff. That I but yeah, a few films. So it's, it feels like one that's quite well known. Um, greatest ghost story of all time, or greatest American ghost story, don't know, you be the judge. But uh, yeah, I think there's quite a lot to that. I think that's quite. Yeah, so it's certainly. So shall we go through our scoring system? Yes, yes, let's. Um, so, Neil, what score are you giving it for spook in there? Yeah, I think it's quite spooky. So, um, you know, you imagine you've... Well, it's the classic haunted house thing, isn't it? And only it's a witch this time. I'm not quite sure why it was a witch. I think I might have read somewhere that if anything was going on that was a bit of culty, they blamed witches effectively in those day and age. Because they're still, still banging on about Salem witch, witch trials 100 and odd years later. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, a malevolent spirit comes to your house determined to kill you. Um, and then he's break up your daughter's, you know, relationship. Um, nobody wants to piss off a ghost, which do they? Don't start taking against them. I think that's quite spooky. And then it ends up sort of killing you. Um, yeah, you know, all, all the while, in between, it's just like slapping you around the face and sticking pins in you and chucking your mm. shoes about the place. It's uh, yeah, I think that I think that would uh, that would spook you up right nice, especially in that day and age. Um, so I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it an eight. Eight. So um, <clears throat> I think a little bit lower for me. Um, I mean, quite a lot of the stuff that it is meant to have done is actually quite kind of slapstick Thank comedy, you. like booting someone up the arse, chucking some shoes about. It's got a sense of humour. Giving people, people, he's a poet guy. It's kind of like a bit, giving people a bit of a slap, like Three Stooges. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem to have, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a, I mean, it, it, do you know what, like, it, it does a lot of talking, but it's not doing a lot, of, it's not a lot of action. So, and the bloke did live for quite a long time, despite it mucking about with him. Um, I don't know. Dead within three years, Chris. Is dead yeah, within three, three years? Four years. Yeah, that's still quite a while, isn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not finding it particularly spooky myself. More kind of Fair funny, enough. so I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> so believability, well. So there's a lot written about it, and these do seem like historical characters. Um, how much stuff like 
the celebrity cameos and stuff is just embellishment afterwards. Um, you know, is uh, it's for the viewer to decide, really, listener. Um, something definitely went on, and I, I, you know, I think we kind of said where we kind of fall and probably what was really going on here, but that kind of makes it believable yeah. that, you know, these people did think something was happening and actually it was probably just some fucking selfish sociopath who <laughs> was basically behind it. Um, so it being a supernatural entity, that will probably, you know, I'm not seeing lots to suggest that really. Um, although it's talking stuff. Um, but you know, there's a lot there and something definitely went on. So believability, I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah, it's a similar score for similar reasons. I think I'll probably go with an 8 as well. Um, no, identical score for similar reasons. I think, um, yeah, yeah, again, it's not whether or not we believe it. Now, so do I believe that there was a, a witch that haunted things? No, not really. Um, but do I believe that some stuff had happened? Or could I Could I believe? Or, or is there enough material there? I mean, the one thing is, is I don't know how, how you know, how um, believable the primary sources and things like that are but having said that you know there's there's plenty in there that's um you know you it, it's interesting and i yeah some of the some of the slapstick elements kind of take them away a bit from me but yeah there's there's you know there, there are real people real documented people real documented deaths um these things were all reported i mean again you imagine that some of the papers and stuff will probably embellish some of these things but nonetheless you know it's, it's still uh, still interesting. So yeah, not not believing that it all happened, but believing that something happened. The, the believability itself, I'll, I'll give an eight as well. Cool. Okay. Uh, reach, Neil. Um, I'm not sure how far outside of America this one goes. It's obviously been around for a couple of hundred years. Um, yeah, I think it's got reasonable reach. I don't think it's 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 not one I'd heard of before, but it's I'm surprised actually because it's quite an it's quite a lot to it. There's quite, you know, you've got a president involved and all sorts. So I'm surprised, you know, some of the turt that we've looked into, there's far less going on. Um, so I'm actually surprised it hasn't got a greater reach, but I don't know how well people will know about it. I suspect it's probably known fairly well around America. I don't know though. Um, but yeah, but, but I suspect it's probably got a smaller reach than it should have. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to go on the fence and this one, give it a five. Five. Um, yeah, so it's been in lots of stuff, and um, I mean, I've not heard of it, um, so that's usually a bad sign. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure how international it is. I think it seems to be quite well known in the US. Um, uh, so, but again, yeah, three times. So I'm going to give it a six now. Why not? Why not? So, uh, narrative premise. Um, well, there's a lot there. There's lots of feisty characters. Um, it's more interesting than the story. Well, it's it's they're calling it a witch, but it's kind of a ghost. Yeah, it's, it's a not haunting, really a witch. Really, more than a witch. It's a haunting. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's a lot there. There's lots of characters, lots of detail in it. Um, I think... We're, we're definitely not the first people to have seen through the looking glass to the potential seconds more true narrative underneath. But I guess, but I think that's good. I mean, you could you could actually do a, a podcast about this on its own and and look at it mm. properly. 
um, you know, and come in with an agenda, which we definitely yeah. would, and try and completely uh, just look at evidence which points to the conclusion which you've made before it's we started. Character assassinate unlike, somebody hundred years. Yeah, unlike, unlike unlike any other true crime podcast. Yeah. So um, I think it's got quite a lot, to be honest. Um, the the main evil protagonist isn't particularly isn't uh, original. But I like its tricksy nature of chucking shoes around and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's pretty strong, so I'm going to give it an eight nil. Yeah, and again, similar uh, or probably, uh, yeah, same score for similar reasons. Again, it's kind of like I think we're in agreement on most of this one this week, Chris. Because yeah, I think there's there's an awful lot to it. The fact that it's real people is interesting. You know, the fact that then just reading through it, then this kind of like um, schoolmaster pops up and he's clearly got something more going on than there seems to be on the surface. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting. So, yeah, an eight for me as well. Matt gives it a very high score of 56 Urbane Legend points. That's very good. That's very much in the top, top echelons. Um, so if, uh, let us know if you've got any incriminating evidence that we can use in our, um, character assassination podcast, which we will be looking to start developing um, by emailing us at herburb.legends.podcast.gmail.com. But apart from that, uh, yeah, if you want any windows or anything, same address. Or if you uh, if you want to get any of the upcoming tour dates or ticket information for Neil's, um, Neil's upcoming reunion tour with uh, Backstreet Boys, then, yeah, same one. But apart from Get that... Get a cameo your, of me, you know. Get yourself a cameo of Neil. Yeah, that's coming soon. Not too expensive. No, it's uh, it's, four, it's, four, tr- it's $4. So I'm actually undercutting yeah. Fiverr. That should yeah. you know, um, value for money. I'm all about it. Yeah, you've been trying to undercut Cisco for a long time, haven't you? So that would be good because his is... I can't remember, $80 or something. Well, Who knows? Uh, you know, I'll admit um, I'm going to be as big a draw as Cisco, but, you know, 20, 20 Cisco's? <laughs> or, or a 20th of a Cisco? I don't know how that works. Yeah, you may be a 20th of a Cisco. Oh, I think that's fair. That's... Cool. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So we will see you next week, or we won't see you. You'll hear us. Goodbye. Bye.